Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Friday with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. Okay, before we jump into this interview, I want to invite you to be considered for my 2019 Traveling Mastermind. So go to workhardplayhardmastermind.com and fill out the application and we'll jump on a call to see if you're a great fit. This year, we'll be in Boston doing lots of cool things like training with Tom Brady's trainer, Alex Guerrero. In the middle of the year, we'll be heading to Monaco doing things like vintage car rides through the French Riviera. And then we're going to wrap the year in Florence, Italy, doing things like truffle hunting and hot air ballooning over Florence. Look, Life is all about fulfillment, and I really try and walk the walk. So if you are looking to be part of our tribe of 28 high-achieving entrepreneurs that are in the six- and seven-figure range, fill out your application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com to be considered. So think of the mastermind as having two parts. The first is the trip itself. And the second part is what goes on over the four days within the mastermind. Our group of 28 entrepreneurs will help you brainstorm and accelerate what you want to achieve in 2019. And we'll do that through a variety of different exercises, brainstorming activities, breakout sessions, goal setting sessions, you know the drill. So go to workhardplayhardmastermind.com, fill out an application, and we'll jump on a call to see if you're a fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly Yin Yang Twins Murgatroyd, <laughs> how are you? Oh, I'm recovering. I'm recovering from your mastermind. Yeah, we... Uh, it was like a whole can of whoop ass. It was a whole can of whoop ass. So what'd you think about it? I, it was amazing. You better say it was good. No, <laughs> I would tell you. Um, maybe not publicly. Well, what'd you like about you. it? Why was it so good? Why was I so good? Uh, well, I didn't say you. Mm. I said it. Mm. Um, you curated a symphony of amazingness. Like you, you really knocked it out of the park. And we went to Fenway Park, so that makes sense. So, I mean, you just, you hit all aspects of life outside of business. And, you know, the messages that are coming in from the participants of what they took away and what actions they're taking and how they're going to do things differently. It is amazing. And, you know, today's episode was kind of inspired by it because the the theme that we didn't know was going to be a theme, if that's a thing, was yin and yang. And yes, I said yang because I learned how to say it. I used to say yin and yang, and apparently it's yang. So there it's you also go. Nicaragua. Are you going to do that too? Mm, no, honey. No. You're not, you're not going to do it? How about mm. uh, Firenze instead of Florence? Well, that I'll do. Okay, good. That I'll do. But those are like, I don't know if you were from the country. I just think the word is actually yin and yang, whether you were American or Chinese. But so this theme, right? It started the first night in the wine cellar with Dr. Eva Selhub. She's incredible. It started with her talking about yin and yang. And then it went on and on all weekend, all different speakers 
didn't know each other, yet somehow that was the theme. And it was kind of brilliant. Yeah, I mean, there was this ridiculous, repetitive yin-yang. I'm not doing young. Uh, there was this repetitive- <laughs> you know, People are gonna judge you for your young. Let them ju- judge me for my schlong, I don't care. <laughs> so listen, the the uh, oh the God. yin-yang the yin yang twins uh, kept popping up. It was one of these things where every freaking speaker talked about it. And you know, to a large extent, we're gonna get into what uh, what this is all about, but to a large extent, the the mastermind specifically was around balance. Look, is there exact balance? I don't know. I don't think you can ever be exactly balanced in anything. In fact, I know you can't be in, balanced in everything. But you get the idea. You want to put more work into. You want to put as much pl- work. You let's do that again. You want to put <laughs> as much effort into play as you do work. And that, you know, therein lies the yin yang of it all. Are you doing that or are you just this entrepreneur that just keeps going and going and going? But this is true, not just for work. I mean, this is true for your body. This is true for lots of different things. So we thought that we would talk about yin yang and how it uh, how it affects all different things. So Kim, I'm going to leave it, leave the four aspects of yin and yang over to you. Well, so once this became the theme, I couldn't help but you know my curiosity as uh, Michael Galb, who was one of the speakers, and actually you just interviewed uh, that podcast just launched, so you can go back and listen to him. But what Michael Galb had said about curiosity, right? He wrote a book called uh, How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci. And the first principle of that was curiosity. And so my, I let my curiosity take over and I had to go look up this whole yin yang ness. So four aspects of yin and yang are, it all happens at the same time, right? They're simultaneous. So they are opposites. So think day, night male, female, like yin, yang. And while they're definitely opposites, there is a relationship between the two. So it's not, you know, it it brings you to your the second aspect, which is they're interdependent. And yes, they're opposite, but they're mutually dependent on each other, kind of like you and I, Mm, right? I like that. That is actually really good. Yeah, so it's like everything with a yin must have a yang, right? It's a vice versa. Is that does that is that mutually exclusive? I always use that wrong. No, when no, people no. say things are not mutually exclusive, does that mean that they go together or they don't go together? <laughs> they are mutually exclusive. So these are not mutually exclusive. So it's the opposite. So w- when people say mutually exclusive, I I don't think I ever really hear it as mutually excuse, exclusive. It's always these are not mutually exclusive. Oh. So I think people, so I think that's where confusion comes. Um, so the first one is that yin and yang are opposites. The second is while they are opposites, they are not um, mutually dependent of each other. In fact, they do depend on each other. They are mutually transformative. That's the third one. If one changes, the other flows. So if you think of the actual symbol, right? It's that black and white Chinese symbol where it's like swirled in and swirled out. So if one swirls, the other swirls the other way. So it's kind of like a a, a dance, a delicate dance between yin and yang. And when did you get a PhD on um, Chinese medicine? Like uh, when did this, this morning? <laughs> really freaking impressive. So. They're mutually consuming. So they are naturally balanced and continuously changing. They The whole goal is to create harmony, but they can be not in balance. So if you think about the 
the yin yang symbol again, right? So Rob, you know what it looks like, right? I'll draw it for you. It, it kind of goes like this, right? And it's got this and this. It's kind of, it looks like a circle with like an S down the middle. Mm-hmm. So it can be, if you were to cut that in half, you can have more yin on one side and less yang on the other. So it's not that they're actually completely balanced. You can be more in one season and less in the other. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to have both in play to have a harmonious life, a harmonious mind, a harmonious body, harmonious health, you know, and that's what we're going to talk about. So that was super brief overview. And it was pretty good. I'm listen, gonna, I'm, if I got, if any yin yang experts are listening and I, and, I, and you're going, this bitch doesn't know what she's talking about, realize that I, I did this this morning because I'm, and I'm learning and I'm new at it. So no judgment, right? Um, so, but we did talk a lot because we, talked about the yin and the yang in over Rob's mastermind. We talked about it in mental health. We talked about it related to stress. We talked about it related to relationships. We talked about it related to art. We talked about it related to wine. We talked about it related to health and body and exercise. I'm telling you, it was the weird, random, not so random theme that went through the work hard, play hard mastermind. And so I thought we'd share some of the the takeaways and stuff that we learned when applied to Let's let's start with business. Uh, you know, I'll even I'll even go as far as to say that I think that what the the yin and yang does is it allows you to appreciate the other more. So, for example, we decided that instead of you know uh, instead of having a glass or two or bottle of wine every night, that maybe we should you know pick it up on a Wednesday or a Thursday midweek, you know, t- which will give you more balance with alcohol for the week. But not only that the appreciation for the wine will go up. So Kim had a great suggestion. She said, well, how about we do this? How about we kill the wine during the first half of the week, let's say Monday through- Thursday. Monday through Thursday. And then on Thursday nights, get a great bottle of wine. So not only will you be able to appreciate a higher level quality of wine, but you'll also appreciate having the wine. Yeah, Exactly. So I love that's, that. That's a good one. So when applying this to business, right? We talked with um, Dr. Eva about stress. And what I loved with what she talked about is, you know, people think of stress as this, you know, ugly monster that comes in and robs you of your happiness. And and it's not necessarily that. Stress is actually really good for your body in certain ways. And it's not the stress that is the problem. It's how you interpret the stress and how you respond to the stress. So, for example, right, a diamond can't be made without applied stress, right? That's right. Is this true? That's true. So you have something that's not so beautiful. You apply a lot of stress to it. What comes out the other side? A diamond, okay? That's a very simple um, example. But what um, Dr. Eva talked about was, you know, we just have to learn how to control and to use stress so the stress doesn't use you. And I thought that was awesome. And she went through like the actual stress responses that you go through. And if you think of something in your life, like let's use an extreme example. If your spouse treat, cheats on you, right? You go into this massive stress response. It, 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 it nails down and really locks up every part of your body. You're not sleeping, you're not eating, your muscles are tighter. Your body begins to break down itself and use minerals to survive. Your lungs breathe faster. 
your blood pressure increases, your dop- dopamine is going, um, you get a little a little stupid, you know, and your inflammation increases, you're in fear. No good decisions are made in that place. And you have to have, you have to have that. Otherwise your body, that's your body's way to protect itself, but it is not designed to live in that state. And that's where the difference comes in. So when you have something that happens, and you, your body goes into stress. It has to shut down to process. It has to shut down to heal. It has to shut down fight, fight or flight, right? It has to do that. But you're meant to come out of it. You're not meant to stay there under constant stress every single day. And so that's where she started talking about how to use stress so it doesn't use you. And she talked about using, instead of saying this, I'm really scared of this, changing the verbiage to I'm concerned. And concerned has a much different feeling than scared or fearful or you know stressed out um concerned lowers it and makes it a more manageable problem and so the point is you have to have stress if you're going to have bliss if you're going to have joy if you're going to have happiness you have to have stress you have to have both and you have to understand that this stress comes in your job is to learn how to make that manageable so you can use it it doesn't use you so you then appreciate and get to the bliss, just like we're going to get to the Barolo on Thursday. Yeah, I think I think that's true. And the other thing is just like like you just mentioned a moment ago, the uh, the languaging in how you speak to yourself. So, for example, Tony Robbins also talked about he wasn't at my mastermind, but <laughs> was he there? No, he wasn't there. But uh, he's mentioned something similar, and he said, "Look, you know, if you say I'm infuriated, think about what that feels like in your body, and then drop it down to I'm angry. Think about what that feels like." I'm pissed, I'm upset, I'm peeved. Each one of those carries a different level of emotion. So the languaging that you use to describe things like stress are really super important. Do you know what's funny? Hmm. I would rather you be upset because I feel like we could overcome that, but I wouldn't want you to be peeved. I feel like that, I'm like under your skin (laughs) and I'm never coming out. I'm like some sort of like little worm that gets in there. You don't want to be one who peeves someone. I don't want to be one who peeves. So- so that's with stress and bliss. Now, play versus work. And this, what I think is really fascinating with this is that's what your whole weekend was about. So, you know, we had all these super high level elite entrepreneurs come in. And a lot of them prior to were like, dude, you're lucky I love you because I have so much shit on my plate and I'm going to be there, but you're lucky I love you. And I might have to get work done. I can't tell how many of them said, I may have to skip X because I need to get some work done. And you did such a beautiful job of showing them why they need to build play into their life. And that is the fact that they're even saying, I might need to skip something to get work done. You're lucky I'm going to be there because I really, I'm stressed and I need to work. That shows exactly why this mastermind is so important. And, you know, to come full circle at the end of the night, you know, Chris Harder stood up and he said, um, and I thought this was so beautiful and such a testament to you and what you curated. He said, I came here to support a friend in all honesty. Rob was doing a mastermind. I wanted to support it. So I showed up to support him, but I'm leaving a changed man and I'm leaving with so many different things that I'm going to implement in my life. And I just, that's a testament to what you created and who you are, and to the yin and yang of playing work. Well, I appreciate that, but I'll tell you, it's going to happen all over again because I've done this for so many years with people. And what's going to happen is, you know, 
I'm kind of looking at this mastermind like every hundred days or so to hit the reset button and to do some cool things with cool people is is kind of what it comes down to. But to hit that reset button when you're in a when you're an entrepreneur and you're in it and you're working on projects, it's very very difficult to get you away to be willing to hit that reset button. And no matter how many times I do this, I do I do think it gets a little easier. I'm thinking about Darren, a friend mm-hmm. of ours. Yep. Um, you know, in the beginning, it was every hundred days for years. I, I can't come to this one. There's no way I can get away. And then always he has, you know, the breakthrough while he's there. And he it's shows like, up, you force him. He shows up, I force him. And he's like, you know, I, I needed this so bad that I didn't even know that I needed this. And that's the, that's the thing with the yin and the yang, yang, whatever, of work versus play is that, you know, we live in, we live in a society in a time now where it's like, grind, grind, grind. But what's on the other side of that grind? What are you grinding for? Like, are you, you know, I get a little bit of flack sometimes from, at least I feel the energy, let's say, of getting flack. I don't necessarily get the flack, but I feel the energy of getting flack from my uh, some of my business partners, right? And we travel a lot. We play a lot. It's put into our life for a reason. But then when I come back and I'm on full business mode, I'll crush it. And when we're playing, I feel that that judgment and that flack from them. But aren't, isn't this what I'm doing it for? Like, aren't I building this business and aren't we building this dream so we can have that free time and be with our children and experience cool stuff? It's not just grind, grind, grind. And I think the more the people begin to realize that and take ownership of, yeah, I'm doing this to earn money, but like... I'm not, or or to fill my passion or to give back or whatever it is, but you still have to take that time because what most people are trying to build, most likely they're listening to this podcast anyway, is some version of freedom. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, this is the yin yang of it all, right? I mean, if if you're just gonna continue to work until you're 65 and retire, um, so that you can then have fun. Well, then you're going to be out of out of balance the other way. Then you're 65 years old and you're bored and you're sitting on the couch, you know, watching TV all day. And, and I, guess what? <laughs> studies show you die. And studies show you die. So for me, it just makes much more sense to adopt the balance of yin and yang throughout your life and be excited when you go back to work from play and be excited when you go into play when you leave work. Yes. Okay. And so this brings to the next one, the yin and yang of success and failure. So this is where you have to go back to those those four aspects, right? Like people look at failure like a failure, like I shouldn't have this. But guess what? You're not going to have true success without failure. There is, I don't, I cannot name one person. And if you can name one person that has never, ever failed and has massive success, please shoot me an email and you'll get a prize. But I do not believe that exists because you don't learn, you don't grow, you don't break through walls. You don't you do not do any of that without failure. And with failure on the other side of that is success. You know, I was listening to a podcast this morning uh, with uh, Tom Bilyeu and he had uh, Dolvet, the fitness guy on. And I don't really know him all that well, but he had some really interesting things to say. And he was talking about one of his friends, who, and we should implement this with Sophia. One of his friends, uh, who's a parent, said, says to his kid, uh, her kid actually, when, uh, when she comes home from school, what did you fail at today? And the idea behind the what did you fail at today is to ask the kid, what did she attempt to do 
that didn't work out. Because it's in the attempting to do something that you get good at it, but it's in the non-attempting that you never can get good because you never even tried. So to ask them, what did they do great today? Okay, that's good. It's reinforcing, that's one level, right? It's reinforcing they did something good and, and, uh, and you know. It also it, sounds like it's reinforcing the expectation of always doing good. But if you ask, what did you, I love this. What did you, what did you fail at today? What did you do not so good today? I think it it dulls that button, that sting of failure, and you begin teaching young that the failure leads to success. Yeah, and it's not to go, you know, it's not to say, oh, you tried reading and you failed. What's wrong with you? That's not what this is about. It's about what did you fail at? You tried reading. Okay, well, you tried reading and it didn't work out. Great, what are you gonna do tomorrow to help it move that needle forward? It's not, I, I think it's so easy for us to look at success um, positively, but to but to look at failure negatively. But but the older I get, the more I realize that the only way you can have success is by failing, and the only way you can have failure is by taking action. How about yeah. that? And there's a lot of people just sitting on their arse, not taking any action, therefore not failing. I know why failure is bad. Because why people view failure as bad? It's all ego. Yeah. It's like, oh, I screwed up. There's something wrong with me. If you can rewire those neurons, those synapses, those neural mm-hmm. pathways to, to, to trigger yourself that when you fail, that's good because you're going to learn and do better on the next time, that I think is magic. It is magic. All right. Think, uh, speaking of magic, we had an afternoon with Alex Guerrero. 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 Guerrera. Guerrera. That's Tom Brady's um, trainer. He is actually his- Oop, like, did she drop that? Oh, well, I thought you meant Gia farted or something. <laughs> I was like, no. what happened? I didn't know. Um, but we had an afternoon with him, which was so incredible. Um, TB12, if you ever get to go to one of their locations, they're going to start expanding over the country. You have got to go. It's so unique. And you know, my background is in exercise physiology. I've been a personal trainer. I've worked in, you know, clinics, whatever. There, I've never seen anything like this. And it actually makes such perfect sense. And wait for it. It's all based around the concept of yin and yang because Alex is trained in Chinese medicine and that is the whole basis of Chinese medicine. So we talked to him about nutrition and exercise and a lot of it related back to yin and yang, which again, I had to go back and like do more deeper research because I didn't get to answer, ask all of my questions about that. Probably would have bored most people. But as far as the exercise goes, you walk into TB12, which is a training facility for how many football players did he say he had from the Patriots? Like 30 something? No, of the, I think there are 53 people on the team, which which I, I'm pretty sure that's how many make a football team. Okay, good job. Um, and he has 48 of them. Yeah, so 48 out of 53 of the Patriots, okay? You walk in the facility. Which is basically everybody. Which is basically everybody. You walk into the facility, there is not one weight. There is not one dumbbell. There is not one bench press. There is not one cybex or hammer strength, nothing, okay? This facility is all about um, bands, resistance, body weight, um, speed, agility, but being able to move and do these different exercises within um, movement. Everything is about movement. And they do exercise testing. They do um, self-pliability. They do um, manual pliability, which we got to experience all of it. And when he talked about 
um, weights and lifting and versus pliability, he said, look, here's the thing. Most people go in the gym and they throw around dumbbells and they do all of this training. And you know, you've got all of these studios popping up where you go in, it's a 45-minute workout, it kicks your ass, and but you spent like three minutes stretching and you're not even really, you're like you're literally stretching, you're not even making your your muscles and your body pliable. And that is what prevents injury. And that is what is taking Tom Brady into his 40s being a football. He's the oldest quarterback, I think, ever, right? To win our Super Bowl. So Yeah, I mean, one of the things which was interesting, you know, as an aside, I had asked him, uh, we did a Q&A with him. We went out to lunch and, and I asked I asked him, I said, what were, what were some of the things that, uh, that Tom wasn't so compliant about? And he said, well, for nutrition, it was great. But for uh, for training, he uh, he said he wasn't going to lift weights, and he you know was willing to you know sort of adopt um, Alex's uh, methodology. And then one day he saw him lifting weights, and Alex packed his shit up and you know walked out, and he's like, "I'm leaving. I told you that you can't lift weights if you want to accomplish the goal of of being able to play in the NFL." through you know your 40s and who god knows what age how long he's going to go if you want to do that you can't do that lifting weights so if you want me to coach you then you're going to have to listen to what i say or i'm gone now if you say i only want to train i only want to be in the nfl for the next 2 to 3 years well great then i'll train you with weights and you'll last 2 or 3 years and you'll be strong and it'll be great but if you're truly going to want to go long term and there, there's there's a lot in that because one it's he let him know how how important this was to his goal. And two, he showed him who's boss. And I love that. Yeah. And so back to the exercise portion and, and portion and the yin and the yang with this, the, the takeaway is not don't lift weights, okay? You're not most, if you're listening to this, most likely you're not a quarterback in the NFL. And if you are, shoot us a message, probably like to interview you. But if you are listening to this, we're not saying don't do that. We're saying there has to be a, a yin and a yang to your workout. So if you are lifting weights, you need to implement some sort of pliability training. And by the way, they have an app that you can download and do their workouts and read all about their methods. And there's a TB12 book. And again, it's fantastic. I can't wait. When we moved to California, it just happens to coincide when they're opening in California. Oh, were they open in LA? I'm sure. I don't know. They didn't have a location yet, but I'm sure we're going to be um, some regulars up in there because it was fascinating. But, you know, just make sure you're doing both. Just make sure you're putting as much attention into making sure your body is pliable and flexible as it is going to be strong and efficient. And, you know, and it's kind of like women that, or men that go in and like do all cardio, but they do no load bearing exercise. Like you have to have a little bit of both. And, you know, there's more tricks and stuff. And maybe we'll do that on another episode because that doesn't really um, mesh with Ian and Young. But, you know, it, it's real fascinating with that. And then with nutrition, what I thought was so interesting with nutrition is seasonal foods. I'm trying to phrase this right. The seasonality. Season, seasonal eating is basically what but, it, what do you refer to it as. But it's with yin and yang foods. So the basic principle around it is that you nourish the yang in the spring, in the summer, in the yin, in the autumn, in the winter. So a misconception that Tom Brady's a vegan, okay? Because we, we had this conversation with him. He says it's not true. But during the season, 
He is eating often lighter foods. We take out things like tomatoes because they cause inflammation and that inflammation is going to disrupt his healing and his recovery. But in the off season, he eats other foods. So in the summer, you may eat foods, you know, the spring and the summer that are yin foods. They're meant to cool you down. So if you think like watermelon and think about the things that you naturally crave in the summer. In the summer, you're not like, give me a nice big bowl of bean soup. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't happen in the summer. You crave watermelon and salads and these lighter foods and a lot of yin foods tend to grow above the ground. They tend to be green or like cool tone and color, leafy greens, all that. That's what you're craving in the summer. And that is, you know, so you're doing a little bit of both there. Um, That doesn't mean you're not eating any yin or yang foods. You have both, but it's like, I think what I read was like two thirds one way, one third the other. And then yang foods are typically foods that grow underground and they're like potatoes and red and orange. And, you know, I'm assuming meats probably fall into this category, although I think there are some yin meats. Fish, I know Alex said in the summers, it's more vegetables and fish. And in the winters, it's more root vegetables and a little bit of meats and stuff like that. And that just makes, I mean, logical sense, you know? Because when we're in Europe in the summer, it's really hard. Darren and I do it one time. We always order lamb one time, but it's never more than that, right? We don't go for big bowls of pasta. We don't do these hot foods. What are we eating? We're eating sashimi, Greek salads, hummus, octopus. Always always watermelon. Always watermelon. And so it just makes logical sense to eat seasonally like that to help both the yin and the yang. Yeah, now if you think of the flip side of this, when you think of, you know, the average American in in the heat of August, what are they doing? They're flipping burgers in their backyard. Not too good along with the the Chinese medicine. You know, so so many people can look at this and go, ah, what the hell's the difference? If you want to have a hamburger, like what does it matter? Probably not just for that. But when you start piecing together all of these things that we're talking about, um, in the world of of uh, yin and yang, it really starts to add up. And I could see col- collectively how you can become overall imbalanced with these things. Yeah, and so just like to recap, right? If you, let's just say you found a way to manage your stress and to change the verbiage and use it to you know, move yourself forward to move your, to break through the walls and not live in that state, you would have more bliss. If you played more, you'd be more inspired to work. If you allowed and welcomed failure, your successes would come faster. If you balanced your food and you you didn't, you know, focus so much on, I have to eat just this or I have to eat just that, but you really allowed your gut to guide you in food, meaning seasonal eating, the way that we are just designed to eat. Think about what that life would look like in your body and in your in your health, in your mindset versus, you know, this crazy rigid um, thing that everybody does where we are overworked, overfed, under-exercised, and overstressed. I mean, now think, it's think no about wonder this. people are like dropping like flies. Yeah, think about this. If you think about... I'm 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 looking at the I'm filtering this conversation through the lens of this weekend, right? A lot of people didn't want to come to the mastermind because they're busy working. Then they got to the mastermind, they loved it. Yes, I I annihilated all of their senses and yes, I killed them over, you know, roughly three days. 
Well, killed is a little extreme. Well, I mean, killed them in a beautiful way, right? I mean, I got them excited about doing different things. I mean, I I guess what I'm saying was there was a lot happening, right? So, but if you really think about it, every hundred days, if you take three days, four days to just blow it out, like what, from a percentage standpoint, what is that within, you know, three times a year? It's like 2% of the year, right? It's not a lot, but the upside to it by just throwing throwing the, the yang against that yin is so valuable, I think. It is because then it's going to permeate into their life. Like one of your mastermind members last night sent me a message and he said, you know, um, he had said that he and his wife were, you know, had their minds were very full before they went to bed at night. And, you know, it was, you know, creating some tension and, you know, it's hard to sleep like that. And all. so I said, well, what if at night you went out and took a walk? What if you just got your family and took a walk? And so last night he texted me, he said, I'm taking a walk and this is, uh, this is going to change everything. You know, so it's simple things like that. And that's what masterminding is. Like you can mastermind for your business and, and plenty of that was done this weekend, but you can also mastermind for your life. And, you know, Lori Harder, I, I didn't tell you this, Rob, but I said, uh, I really want to read more in the mornings. And Lori said, um, well, what's the problem? I said, I get on my phone and I start getting in the scroll hole before yoga instead of actually reading a book. And she said, you know what? you need one of those lock boxes with a timer so you can't open it until after <laughs> yoga. I was like, well, I'm not going that far. But <laughs> That's um, awesome. But it was a good idea. So, you know, being able to bounce ideas around and all of that is so valuable because when you when you introduce them to art and wine and poetry and a different method of working out, it's not possible for something to not permeate into their daily life for the next 100 days before you do it again. Well, there you go, ladies and germs. That was our talk on yin and yang. I think we knew what we were saying. I think what we knew what we were talking about. I'm sure someone will correct us. But somebody's (laughs) going to correct us. There you go. Have a great week, everybody. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.